In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel story for today, this woman comes to Jesus, and she comes with him, to him with a burden. But it's not just a burden. It is actually a cross. And Jesus says to us, especially in this time of Lent, but always he says to us, whoever would come after me, whoever would follow me on the way to the cross and receive salvation from me from that cross, from my death and resurrection, whoever would come after me must pick up his cross and carry it. And so this woman comes to Jesus not just with a burden, not just with hard times, but with a holy and heavy cross. And every cross, every cross that we carry, Jesus' own cross, every cross that is carried has, it comes from two places. It comes from two places at the same time. Every cross has two parts, right? I mean, it's the up and down part and the side to side part. Every cross that we carry comes from two places. The cross that Jesus carried, it came both from sin and from faithfulness. The cross that he carried, carried our sins. And the cross that he carried, his suffering, was also the result of his own faithfulness. He would not give up on you. He would not give up on God. He would not give up on the truth, but he persisted and he went forward and he was faithful and that made the cross, that made his suffering happen and made it heavier. And also in our lives, the crosses that we carry, and we carry them as Christians, the crosses that we carry come from two places. They come also from sin and they come also from faith and faithfulness. That's what we see in this woman for today. She is carrying a cross that is, that comes from sin, and she's carrying a cross that comes from her own faithfulness. She's carrying a cross that comes from sin. She says to Jesus, she says, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, and demons are in the world Darkness is in the world because the world itself is under and has, is, is the, the devil prowls around like a, a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The, the world is where the gospel is not. There the world is under the power of the evil one. So the world itself is full of darkness. But there's also something here too. That, and the story, I mean, the story makes nobody comfortable like many stories in the Bible. But there's, a, there's an issue that's, there's a couple issues that are quite obviously here in this story that kind of check all the boxes for us in our kind of trigger warning culture, okay? Because the reason the disciples are telling her to go away and don't want her there is because she is not like them. She is from another culture, another people group, and also, she is a woman. And this is, not, this is not appropriate for them. But that underlines something for us, too. Because she is coming 
as a woman, she is coming by herself to speak to Jesus. She's coming to kind of boldly present herself as a Gentile woman before all of these Jewish men, probably because she has no other choice, probably because her daughter's father is not there, probably because or perhaps because the child's father is not her husband or he's a terrible person or both. And one, you can't just get accidentally oppressed by a demon. You can't just be kind of walking through high V and then all of a sudden, I mean, you might meet somebody that you weren't expecting to meet and that might be pleasant or unpleasant for you, but you will not suddenly be confronted with a demon in aisle six and he takes over your, your life. You can't, this can't happen to you accidentally. This kind of darkness that's in the world comes into lives because it is somehow invited. There's something in the life story of this woman and her family and her daughter that brought in this evil. So she comes with that too to Jesus. This is not just something that happened to me Somehow, I, we invited this in. And then she also encounters the attitude of the disciples who are more concerned about saving face than they are about Jesus and the salvation he might offer to this woman. They're more concerned about their own reputation and their own public image than they are with Jesus's mercy and forgiveness. So this woman comes with a burden that comes from sin, from the sin and darkness that's in the world, from however she and her family have participated by their own choice in this darkness, and also the sin that we find in others. And that's about what it is, right? That's about where our burdens come from. The world is broken. We make choices. Other people also make, you know, ugly choices too. That's what I mean by it comes from sin. But it also comes from, it also comes from, and this is what Jesus wants to highlight. Her cross is not just a burden, it's a cross. And it comes from her own faithfulness. It comes from the fact that she would not give up. And that did not make it easier. Her faith and her faithfulness did not make the cross lighter because it would have been, at least from some one perspective, easier to just sort of give in to apathy and say, okay, those disciples don't want me around and God doesn't want to have anything to do with this. So maybe I'll just give up and call it a day and just sort of deal with this myself and try to manage the best I can. She does not, there's things that she could have done that would have made this situation at least immediately less uncomfortable for her, but she doesn't take that road. She persists and she's faithful and that makes it heavier. And she didn't care. In her faithfulness, she didn't care about the embarrassment that she was causing herself or anyone else. In her faithfulness, she didn't care what they would speculate about about why this happened to her. Why does she, why is she here? 
as a apparently single mother by herself with a demon-possessed child, what did she do? She didn't care. She didn't care about the difficulty and the hardship of this endeavor of chasing down Jesus looking for mercy. And in this way, she shows us, and she showed those disciples of Jesus, she shows us how to carry our cross. And Jesus takes her cross and accepts it as part of his own cross and lifts her cross from her and gives her mercy. He lifts her burden, he helps her carry her burden, and he gives her his mercy. And notice that the demon, the demon is completely under Jesus's control. Jesus doesn't have to go into the house. He doesn't have to go and talk to the daughter. He doesn't even have to look anyone else in the face. The demon, the darkness, the thing that's pursuing them and tormenting them is completely under his control. And so are your demons and my demons too. They are all under God's control. And none of them come into our lives without his permission. The devil doesn't get to do whatever he wants. But God allows them into our lives, and not just like literal demons, but hardships and burdens and sadness and the consequences of our own choices. He allows those things to come into our lives to do what they did in this story today. Because this demon who's tearing this woman and her family and their lives apart, this demon is there to chase her to Jesus. And that's what happens. And that's why it's there. And look what happens. In the end, the demons and the darkness that are in her life and that are in our lives that God has allowed to chase us to Jesus, if they do, or they will do what they are allowed to do. And if they fulfill God's purpose in our life, as we in faithfulness cooperate with his purpose, in the end, the demons get nothing and you get Jesus. She gets Jesus. The demon came to chase her to Jesus. That was God's plan. And in the end, the demon gets nothing. He gets no reward for his efforts. But she gets Jesus. And so do you. So do we. That's why they're there. That's what they're there for. Because that's what God wants to give you. Himself. He wants to give you his forgiveness. He wants to give you his holiness. As it says, as it says in the, as as St. Uh, St. Paul says in the second reading, he says, there is no distinction. The disciples were making distinctions, right? Distinctions between this kind of person and that kind of person. Paul says, there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And it is toward that gift, that redemption, that God allows the darkness to chase us. And so the cross, the holy cross that we bear is both, and you know what they are. You know what's, you know the things that are darkening the edges of your life story right now. This cross 
is both bitter for us, but it is also sweet. And this cross is both resistance and it is surrender. Because if you're carrying something, I mean, if you, or maybe not you, maybe your oldest son, is carrying a 40-pound bag of softener salt down the basement to put it near the water softener, that carrying, the act of carrying, carrying something is both kind of a resistance and it is kind of a surrender because you have to surrender to the fact that it's heavy. You have to accept that. But you also have to resist the weight because if you don't resist the weight, you'll drop it, it'll fall down the stairs and spill all over the basement. Hmm? Our crosses call for us, call forth from us, both resistance and surrender. We resist ourselves. We resist the desires and the things that would temporarily make it a little bit easier. And we resist the opinion and the, of others. And in faithfulness, we carry the weight. And yet we also surrender to the weight. We surrender and do not, this woman does not argue with God, with Jesus. Well, she does, but she doesn't argue with Jesus's judgment of her. She doesn't say, this is not my fault. She doesn't say, other people do this to me. She doesn't say, your disciples are real jerks, okay? She doesn't argue with any of those things. She says, yes, Lord. Yes, all of this is true, but, but... Because in both of this, in resistance and in surrender, we are insisting. We are insisting. Like this woman is like the original Elizabeth Warren, right? The she persisted, right? Okay. Some of you have that shirt. Probably not. Okay. Okay. So she persists and she insists on having mercy. She's like Jacob in the Old Testament where God is... God is wrestling with him and his, his hip is out of, is dislocated. And yet there he is laying on the ground, hanging on to God's ankle saying, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. It's not happening. I am resisting. I am surrendering. And you are not getting away until I have received what you have promised because you have died for me. And I am baptized and that counts for something. And that means you need to hear me. Your blood was shed to hear me. So hear me and listen to me and give me mercy. And that is both bitter and sweet. It is bitter because we know, we know it comes from us. Some of this we brought upon ourselves. Some of it is clearly our fault. And it's sweet because it also comes from Jesus. It comes from Jesus because it comes from faithfulness. And it comes from Jesus to bring us, to chase us, to induce us to come and turn to him. And it comes, it comes from Jesus and it marks us. The cross marks us. Receive the sign of the Holy Cross on your forehead and upon your heart to mark you, not as God's enemy, but as one redeemed by Christ the crucified and only Christians, only you have the right 
to call your burdens crosses. Only you have the privilege, because God loves you, only you have the privilege to call your burdens holy crosses that come from Jesus himself because he loves you. And the cross marks us as belonging, as participating, as being the children of his cross. And that cross is the source now of mercy and forgiveness. And that same cross will be, in the time to come, the source of our reward, the source of our rest, the source of our resurrection, and the source of our new creation. This cross is both bitter and incredibly sweet. In Jesus' name, amen.